0: A recent study for World Mental Health Day found one in four Americans would do nearly anything to have a single, stress-free day. There's no question, the pandemic gave employers a front-row seat on the struggle bus and a glimpse into the lives of their teammates outside of work. So how do you uncover your employees' stressors, and what steps can you take to address them? I'm Mike Pachenik. On this episode of The Balancing Act, HR veteran Linda Simon joins me. Dr. Simons led HR at Fortune 500 companies, including Walmart, AT&T, and Marriott. Dr. Simon, thanks for joining me. Firstly, how do you uncover the hidden struggles of employees in your organization?
1: I think step one is knowing they're there. I think we learned a lot of that over the past couple of years, that this stuff is real. Everybody is dealing with something. And I think if you start off with that premise, you you know as skilled hr professionals i know you can go out there and you have a lot of tools to help uncover where is it what is it how can i get out there in front of people how can i have my managers help me do this you'll gather some really really good insights
0: for sure so why do you think some employees are reticent to share with their employer about having to balance for example caregiving responsibilities with their careers
1: i think some people may not even consider that like a caregiving aspect that they need to share with their employees, right? We often always look at um, childcare and that's where so much emphasis goes and people talk freely about that, but not so much about elder care, which is really interesting to me. Um, Although I think it's starting to shift and become a little bit more open, but it's still not talked about near at the same same level. And I think it's because people either don't feel like it will be acknowledged or it will be seen in the same light and they may, You know, just feel like this is something I should be able to do on my own, I shouldn't have to share this. Mm -hmm. It's really just making doctor's appointments so, you know, it is what it is.
0: So how can employers encourage employees to talk about and share their hidden stressors and what actions do you think they can take to address that and to create a culture of trust?
1: I wish there was a silver bullet for you. I really do. I think it's a a multi-pronged approach, to be honest, Um, and each company is probably going to be a little different in terms of how they operate and the environment they have. I would say a couple things. One in terms of as an HR professional, being around and, and making sure you're available and people know where to go, you know, you can you can help promote that and various communications and that type of thing. The other one that I think is a big support for the HR team is your managers that are out there. They're the ones on the front line with all of your employees. and. How do you build capability in them to be able to notice or have conversations with their employees about this? And it's if you can build their capability with, you know, either training or tools to help them with this, because they're probably equally nervous about some of these discussions. Like, well, I shouldn't probe. I don't want to get too personal. I'm not sure how to engage in this.
0: What would you say HR leaders can do to glean that information?
1: I'm a big fan of engagement surveys or employee surveys where, you have a way to get feedback from your employees. There's so many great resources out there today to help gather that information, and they don't have to be these exhaustive, huge surveys that take a lot of time and go through it. There's like pulse surveys that are can be very short and to the point, and you can tailor those questions. You know, you you always want to know how the sentiment of your employees, so it's a great way to gather that, and then you sprinkle in different things in terms of you know stressors or things that are happening with them that you can help identify.
0: And what trends should HR leaders be tracking?
1: We call it an engagement index, which really defines how uh, committed are all your employees, how likely are they to stay with you, right? That's a great one to constantly track, um, because when you start to see that dip, right, you can start asking a lot of questions of what's happening. And and through a lot of those surveys, they can help you identify some drivers of what might be getting in the way of people's desire to stay with you or not. So that's one that I track really closely. Um, turnover clearly is another key one to be tracking, right? Um, I think we all know that. Um, And then there's also ways to track, you wouldn't get it at an individual level, but you can look at kind of your benefits and where people, um, you know, what's happening there, where there might be more incremental spend than there used to be, what's happening. We saw a lot of that through the pandemic. You know, people saw a lot on mental health go up and people were, um, you know, uh, looking to get more support there.
0: Dr. Simon, what would you say can attract and retain employees and what can drive them away?
1: People stay with their managers, not their company. Uh, It's a it's a personal relationship. It's one on one. It's where you spend most of your time between your manager and your team. And if that relationship is is safe and feels productive and you feel empowered, then um, you know, you're know, you more likely to stick around with your company. So that, that's a key one. Um, I would say the other one is uh, the company culture and that it doesn't it align with what's important to you.
0: And speaking of importance, what role do benefits play in attracting and retaining employees?
1: Um, you know, when you think about, again, the organization's culture, right, Um, in terms of what they offer, some companies are more inclined to um, offer a lot more on the benefit side than others. And again, if it aligns with the individual and what they're looking for, it can be a huge retention factor. You know, it depends where you're at in your life um, experience, right? I would say some of our, some of the more younger employees, um, health benefits, elder care, things like that may not be a top priority for them. But as your employee base ages, those things do become a lot more important to them. And so how you prioritize and what you offer there can be really important. We call it uh, work well, live well. Right. So it's a combination of um, what's happening um, it, from a health standpoint for my for wellness right not only just you know your health insurance but beyond that is a is what i think we're seeing a lot more that people are interested in whether it's mental health or the support that you get for both childcare and elder care um, again like we talked about earlier though i'm not sure everyone's making that connection with elder care but they are starting to because we're seeing the population age and this is becoming a big issue for us so we're definitely seeing that more And then from a financial side, 401ks, those benefits are big for people. They definitely look for that also, and that's an important one for them. Um, And then things at the workplace, you know, the work well piece, right? What am I offering from a flexibility standpoint? From, um, you know, again, post pandemic, we've seen a lot of things change in the work environment in terms of how often people have to go into the office, what their hours are, the flexibility they get. That's becoming a very big priority one for employees now as they're starting to look around or if they choose where they want to go work.
0: Well, thank you so much, Dr. Linda Simon, for joining me on this episode of The Balancing Act. To hear more insights from HR luminaries, visit our blog, balancingact.homethrive.com. That's balancingact.homethrive.com. For Home Thrive, I'm Mike Pachenik.